When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Finally, a bed that senses snoring and automatically responds. Meet the Ergo Smart Base from Tempur-Pedic. Our first system that detects snoring, then automatically adjusts by raising the bed. Get your best sleep all night, every night. For a limited time, save up to $500 on select adjustable mattress sets and experience the deep, undisturbed sleep of Tempur-Pedic. Get full offer details at TempurPedic.com. You're listening to the Chicago Audible Podcast, changing up the way Bears fans stay up to date on their favorite team since 2015. Now get ready. Because it's time to bear down. Welcome back, Bears fans, to another episode of the Chicago Audible. It's Thursday, March 25th at the time of this recording, and we're officially just a little over a week into the new league year and free agency. In today's show, we're going to analyze where the Chicago Bears currently stand. Are they a better football team than they were a week ago? Which of these moves make sense, and which ones leave us shaking our heads? And, of course, what's next? That's all on the table in this episode of the Chicago Audible. I'm Russell DeWitt, of course, my co-host Nicholas Moriano. He's here as well. Nick, football aside, I'm just curious, how are things? I believe you're on break this week, right? I am on break, so I've had a lot of free time to just play the new PS5 that I got on Saturday from you, Will, playing the new Spider-Man game, so that's been a lot of fun. But yeah, enjoying the spring break from work, from grad school, and just taking time off to myself. But how about you with the new job and everything? New jobs going very well. Uh, it's exciting for, you know, a fresh start always helps people. Maybe it'll help some of these players that we'll talk about here uh, throughout this episode. But uh, for a lot of people knowing, uh, listening, I've worked remote for my entire career uh, ever since you and I did this show uh, out of college. And it's nice to go to work, come home and be home. It's nice to separate some of that work-life balance. But I appreciate you asking uh, but I am very excited. Uh, free agency has been not a frenzy for the Bears, but there's been some additions, some subtractions, and we need to figure out how it all kind of shakes out for us. And just getting ready for this show, I thought it'd be useful for our listeners if we broke down our discussion in some segments today. Uh, so this is how I'm envisioning going about it. We'll discuss the Bears that are returning. That is all the players that they have re-signed so far. 
Then we'll look at the players that have been released, which I know there are a lot of fans upset about one player in particular, including myself. And Nick, I'm going to throw you into that party as well. And I don't expect those two to take along. And then from there, we'll talk about all the new faces and we'll end the show with some big picture questions as we try to put all of these pieces together, uh, at least as it stands today. Uh, does that sound like a plan to you? Sounds like a good one, Will. Let's do it. Sweet. But before we dive in, I'm excited to, but I do need to share a quick message from our friends over at Manscaped because support for the Chicago Audible is brought to you by Manscaped, who is the best in men's below-the-waist grooming. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. They obsess over their technology developments to provide you the best tools for your grooming experience like the Lawnmower Mower 3.0 which has a cutting-edge design that reduces any grooming accidents. If you thought signing Andy Dalton was a bad decision, try trimming your junk without the lawnmower. Don't be that person. Manscaped, they're trusted by over 2 million men worldwide. We have an exclusive offer for our listeners. You can get 20% off and free shipping with the code FANSIDED20 at manscaped.com. That code, again, is FANSIDED20, and I'll get you 20% off and free shipping over at manscaped.com. Unlock your confidence and always use the right tools for the job with Manscaped. All right, Nick, I think we have a pretty full show ahead, so if you're ready, I'll jump in and we can talk about all the Bears that have been re-signed so far. Let's do it. All right, so I'm just going to list them, and then we'll just talk about them. So here's our, here are the Bears that are coming back uh, from previous season. We have Alex Bars, J.P. Holtz, Ryan Nall, James Vauders, Josh Woods, new one today, DHC, he's back, Dion Bush, Jermaine Effetti, Patrick O'Donnell, Mario Edwards, Cairo Santos, and Allen Robinson. Not a re-sign, but he signed his franchise tag. So, Nick, out of all these players, I had the Bears playing in our State of the Franchise series. Every single one, besides Ryan Nall, then that's okay. Uh, so I'm pretty pleased with this group overall. And when you just look at them, the Bears, they retained a great deal of decent depth. You have Bars, Vodders, and Woods, and Bush there. J.P. Holtz is also pretty valuable at tight end for the Bears as well. Mario Edwards, he showed some real promise last year up front. I expect him to only continue to be a pivotal force inside that defensive line rotation. And the Bears also retained their franchise record-holding kicker and their wide receiver one, a couple key special teamers along the way. So again, I'm pleased with who they've been able to bring back. Finally, a bed that senses snoring and automatically responds. Meet the Ergo Smart Base from Tempur-Pedic, our first system that detects snoring then automatically adjusts by raising the bed. Get your best sleep all night, every night. For a limited time, save up to $500 on select adjustable mattress sets and experience the deep, undisturbed sleep of Tempur-Pedic. Get full offer details at TempurPedic.com. When you just look at this group, do you have any takeaways or any key points that you want to make sure that we discuss here on this episode? Yeah, the obvious ones are Allen Robinson and Cairo Santos, but I thought bringing back Mario Edwards Jr. was a really good move by the Bears, especially because they lost Roy Robinson-Harris. They ended up also losing Brent Urban. And like you said, Edwards was a guy that was a good depth piece, good rotational piece, but this upcoming season after that two-game suspension, he's going to be asked to do a little bit more in this defensive rotation. So when I look at the move and how the Bears are able to bring him back and with limited snaps – you know, Mario Edwards was finding ways to get to the quarterback. So when the Bears decided to bring him back on that three-year deal, that three-year extension, I really like the move. And I think just I wrote an article for the internship that I do about the defensive line being probably the, the strength of this football team, given the depth and the players that they have there. And Mario Edwards is a big part of that. So I was really a fan of that move. 
Yeah, Mario Edwards coming back. I know we're pretty adamant that we both wanted him back when we were discussing the defensive line. But Nick, it feels like every offseason we say that is the deepest group on this entire team. And so far, they haven't re-signed John Jenkins. Uh, They lost Brent Urban. But here we are, and it still feels like, and we'll talk about some reasons why with some of the new faces, but here we are again, looking at the defensive line. Brandon would love it. You know, games were won and lost in the trenches. And here we are again with another deep unit. And of course, when you lose a guy like Kyle Fuller, which we'll talk about as well, you need a very strong front seven to kind of, you know, combat that the best you can. I don't think it's something you can totally overcome, but it's your best bet at doing so. Uh, Just outside of it, though, I just feel like, again, it keeps some of the younger core as well as some of the veteran core in place. So that way you're not having a total roster turnover on the bottom end. And I think that consistency keeps this Bears team in the, I would say, the realm of contending in games, not for a championship next season. But it doesn't allow their floor to get, I would say, any lower than maybe than it was a year ago with by bringing back everyone that they have. Uh, so for me, I think given the limited cap that Ryan Pace had to deal with, uh, I think he did a pretty damn good job of bringing back some of these guys because just looking at the money that to spend or not to spend, there's a good chance that you know half of these guys could have been going elsewhere for perhaps bigger money but they're here still in Chicago. Yeah, absolutely. And some of those guys that you mentioned, just being those depth pieces, the guys that are going to be in those backup roles, like bringing DeAndre Houston Carson back, I thought it was a big move for the Bears. He played so well in that dime kind of nickelback position where coming in on situational type plays, but really played to a level that we hadn't seen before from DHC. But I'm glad the Bears were able to work it out to bring him back. Also a core special teamer. And that's where I think, a lot of these guys that we mentioned, that's where the, that's where also they are contributing. It's not so much at the starting roles or even the even the backup roles. It's more so you're going to see a lot of these guys contributing on special teams. And Ryan Pace, to his credit, did a good job of bringing those type of guys back. Exactly. And then you have your starters, right? You you're still able to keep Allen Robinson. It's not the deal or that he wants. It's not what we want. We want to see him here long term. But at least he signed his tag and he's here and we'll see how that all shakes out. And then still your kicker, who had a lot of success last year in Cairo Santos. And you keep your whole special teams unit, at least your trio. I don't even think we mentioned Patrick Scales, so shame on us. He's been resigned as well. He should be included. He is part of this football team. He does play an important position. Long snappers are people too. Just look at Patrick Manley. So I think just keeping that trio intact, uh, as we talked about in the Save the Franchise episode, when we kind of wrapped up with special teams, we wanted that. Uh, that consistency from year to year, and we got it. So I'm very happy with this unit. I don't think we need to dive into all these players, what they bring to the table. We did a great job covering all of them in our Say the Franchise episodes. So I want to go ahead and move forward to some of the players that are no longer here, uh, some of the Bears that have been released. Uh, We already knew about Buster Screen. That's old news. Bobby Massey's a little newer uh, since the last time we've had an episode, but I think the writing has been on the wall for quite some time with him. And here's the big one. Kyle Fuller, who was released last week as a cap casualty. Uh, the news broke that the Bears were going to release him. They held on to him a day to see if they can find a trade partner. Couldn't find anyone to absorb that contract, so they let him go. Uh, and it felt like it was just minutes later that we heard that he's going to be rejoining Vic Fangio in Denver uh, over there as well. So, Nick, for Kyle Fuller, again, no longer a Bear. Uh, really pains me to say that. Uh, he's a tough player to replace. Uh, they've tried, and we'll talk about who that is in our next segment. Uh, it's Desmond Trufant. It's no secret. Everyone knows that. Uh, but this one, man, it it stings. Uh, we mentioned that there's a 
possibility that Fuller may not be a bear when we're kind of assessing the roster and you just look at the contracts and the limited options that Pace did have to create some cap room for a free agency class. And I still wish that they would have listened to my advice and parted ways with Jimmy Graham and maybe a Charles Leno Jr. to open up this cap space. But alas, it was Kyle Fuller, who's been a consistent, healthy, invaluable part of this defense since he returned back from that year off almost a half decade ago. So with a week to sit on it, man, just what are your thoughts about Kyle Fuller no longer being a Chicago Bear? Yeah, initially, I, I was really upset. Well, I, I posted a video on Twitter kind of displaying that, you know, my my feelings on, on the move and the Bears kind of what they wanted Kyle Fuller to do, too, is like take a pay cut. And, you know, then you could say it's like, man, like this is a guy that's earned his money. And he has done such a phenomenal job since that year he had to take off and has just worked his way up to be an all pro to be one of the better corners in the league. And yes, he did not have the year last year and i think pass rush was a huge component as to why where you weren't seeing some of that production but still now a week removed from the move a week removed from kyle fuller you know being released it's still there's still a void there i know we'll talk about that trufant later but he's not kyle fuller kyle fuller is with now vic fangio i can't wait to see the numbers he puts up because yeah. that's that's a team where they do have some pass rush and the familiarity with vic fangio it's like you're going to see, I think, Kyle Fuller return to form, and Bears fans are going to be really salty to see that And because I think Kyle Fuller still has that in him. I really do believe that, and that's the big, when I look at all these free agency moves, that's the, obviously the one that hurts the most, and that's the one that you know ultimately brings down this team overall defense, but just as a team in general, you lose one of the top guys on your team, a veteran player, a productive player, and you're not you're not replacing that with the free agent that they got, and we'll talk about it. But yeah, I'm still not I quite I guess settled with the move, especially because you couldn't get anything from him. You couldn't find a trade partner to find anything. I know it was the you know lasting days of free agency, but it it seems like you should have found somebody. You got something back for a guy like that. You would hope uh, you could have got something for. I mean, he's valuable. He's one of the better corners in the NFL. Uh, but yeah, unfortunately, we let him go for uh, cap space. Uh, which uh, does does sting. Uh, as I mentioned, like you, it's a week, and I still have that sour taste in my mouth. Uh, even again, I we knew something was potentially going to happen with him or Hicks, but there were some options in offense, though. Graham, Leno Jr., that really feel like they're easier players to replace than someone to the caliber of Kyle Fuller. And yeah, it's one of those situations where. We can't do anything about it. Ryan Pace, I know there's talks that maybe Kyle Fuller is part of the trade package you know, for a Russell Wilson. That's why they held on to him as much as they did and then had a scramble to find a, a contingency plan, if you will, with having him maybe take a reduced pay to stay, restructure that contract. And it just wasn't in the cards. And honestly, uh, I, I'll i stand by Fuller in this one too. Like He's in a position in his career where he's not going to continue to make big contracts like he's getting toward he's you know he's getting to that wrong side of 30 he's getting up there in age and he's been around for a while and I'm glad he was able to find someone like Vic Fangio that can use him in a way that I know he can succeed Uh, so I know you and I are wishing him nothing but you know the best over there uh, in Denver Uh, when we look at some of the other guys that are gone too, you know Buster Screen Bobby Massey which I think Massey may have a replacement here in the works, at least a, a stopgap guy. We'll talk about that here in a little bit. Um, but when you look at this group overall and then some guys that 
didn't sign with the Bears. Uh, a Brent Urban, uh, a Barkevius Mingo. Are there any of those players that you think the Bears will miss the most? Be- and I know we ha- I'm getting maybe a little bit ahead of myself because I think even those players have been replaced. But I just want to talk about players departing real quick. Which one are you saddened to see go, I guess, the most between everyone but Kyle Fuller? It's a good question. Uh, sad to see go. I, I would say Roy Robertson Harris out of those mm. guys because I think, um, you know, he was maybe the most productive out, out of them, and that's maybe arguable in itself. But I think he's going to have some good years there in Jacksonville. I really do believe that Roy Robertson Harris, um, although not very consistent, still flashed at times. And we saw some of the other guys kind of regress. I mean, look, I think the Bears are going to actually miss Buster Screen because we, we have some uncertainty there at the nickel cornerback spot. So that's another one where you can see that. And I'll, I'll put this one out there. Will. like sad to see go when, when I heard the news that Mitchell Trubisky was signing with. The- How personalized can a financial plan be when it's created by one of those robo advisors? Plugging in standard algorithm to calculate insurance need and future wealth of random human client. Robots don't know you. We do at farm bureau financial services. Getting to know you always comes first. Together, we'll create a financial plan based on your specific goals. Find a local Farm Bureau advisor at fbfs.com slash protect. It's your future. Let's protect it. Buffalo Bills. It's, um, it's a very polarizing and conflicting, I think, topic for a lot of Bears fans. I see, like, where's the, where's the goodbye video for, for Mitch? And some people are like, why does he deserve that? He does he should or not like it's such a you know polarizing topic but when I saw that I was happy for him I really was like a back obviously a backup role behind Josh Allen it's not like the Bears are gonna miss him um in terms of the play but you know we have that connection with the video we did seeing him drafted how shocked we were and like seeing him now gone and seeing like all the years in between it's like wow he he's obviously he's he's not here any longer but it you know, I was just happy for Mitch to be in some another setting to hopefully revitalize his career and maybe go somewhere else to kind of maybe get an opportunity to start. But I, I was happy to see him go to Buffalo. A lot of people actually went back to that video, uh, our reaction video to that draft pick. I've noticed over the past week and uh, just a lot of comments about, wow, things changed so quick or, you know, didn't really expect this. And wow, it's just crazy to see, you know, how wrong we were but also we were skeptical at the time like we didn't know if it was going to pan out so yeah the Mitch one hopefully it's a good spot for him and he seems pretty happy to you know to be where he's going and I mean Buffalo is such a small market it's nice to probably just like breathe relax and get out of the limelight uh, for a little bit for him but that's a good one too I didn't mention RRH or Mitch so I'm glad you were able to kind of bring both of those up Uh, for me I guess from a personal standpoint, is Brent Urban uh, because he's someone that we've been able to watch develop, I think, really well. Uh, he's someone that I really clung on to when we saw some flashes in the 2019 season. And now to see him go, uh, it sucks to watch some of those guys who blossom in Chicago and get their career researched here leave. But hopefully he's able to continue uh, his uh, – He where did he go again? He went to not the Falcons, Dallas. but the Cowboys, right? Yes, there we go, Dallas. So we couldn't trade him for Andy Dalton. We could have just done that. (laughs) Yeah, uh, that would have been ideal. But, you know, the Bears don't work that way. No, not one bit. But all right, uh, let's quit looking at what could have been with some of these guys. And let's talk about what's happened. And let's look at some of the new faces. I'll list them out. 
And then we'll start at the top of the list and talk about each one of these players. So we have cornerback Desmond Drufant on a one-year deal, defensive lineman Angelo Blackson on a two-year deal, edge player Jeremiah uh, Atachu. I looked that one up. So there we go. Google's a I'm great friend. I was going to actually try to quiz you, but nah, it's Atachu. So uh, yeah, Jeremiah Atachu. And then offensive lineman Elijah Wilkinson, linebacker Christian Jones on a one-year deal. Newer news from yesterday, running back Damian Williams on a one-year deal. And then quarterback, of course, Andy Dalton on a one-year $10 million deal as well. So go, let's go to the top. This is our free agency class so far. Cornerback Desmond Trufant. He's missed 17 games in the past two years with injuries between a broken arm and a hamstring. Five picks and 11 PBUs in those 15 games played the last two seasons. Four of those came in 2019. He's allowed a 68% completion rate over the last two years, which is well above the 60% or less he's had in his first six seasons in the league. He'd allowed pass ratings over 100 three of the last four years. He's going to turn 31 before this season, coming off a career-worst year. But to be fair, who doesn't have a career-worst year in Detroit? And let's just open it up from here. Uh, I think you already said it. He's not replacing Kyle Fuller, but it's an, at least to me, it's an interesting potential option to eliminate some of the major impact. Uh, there's going to be a drop off here. If he's a starter or not, I don't think they should anoint him a starter. There should be a competition with him, Vildor, uh, heck, throw Duke Shelley in there if you really want. But some of these guys, there has to be a competition, I think, uh, between the veteran and some of the the homegrown talent here to see if you can get the best man on the field. But what are your thoughts uh, now with uh, some time to kind of digest uh, the Desmond Trufant signing? Yeah, so I watched a little bit of film on, on Desmond Trufant. Some of his better games, some of his not so not so good games. But I think the common thing that I saw from Trufant and what – I think could be potentially, you know, bad for this Bears defense is that he gives up a lot of the in-breaking routes where you're seeing Desmond Trufant, whether he's in press or backed off in coverage, because he does a little bit of both at times. And we know Kyle Fuller was, you know, most times he was going to be seven, eight yards off. Man, it, he gets turned around and he has to do this little wheel turn. But by the time he's doing that, receivers already created the separation. The, the catch is there, and he's given up that completion. So I saw that consistently, and I was just watching NFL Network today. It was the, the Thanksgiving game between uh, Lions and the Houston Texans, and Will Fuller's there making him, you know, turning him around. I saw that in other games as well. But I will say this. When he's coming down on shorter routes, those little drag routes over the middle, and even though there's separation, he comes down aggressive and makes good tackles. I'll say that about Desmond Trufant, where – He's not going to be a liability in that aspect. And Kyle Fuller was a good tackler in itself and a big hitter too. Desmond mm-hmm. Trufant does have that aggressiveness to him. So you hope that that translates to Chicago and you hope maybe with a replenished pass rush, it'll help him out a little bit more. Something that wasn't here in Chicago, wasn't there in Detroit as well. But yeah, there are some things in his game where those in-breaking routes, just even on slant routes, Will, where Desmond Trufant, is going the opposite way and the receiver is going where he's supposed to go and the catch is being made. And you see Allen Robinson turning him around a couple of times when they played. So, and look, Allen Robinson being one of the better ones in the league at, at doing so. But yeah, those are some concerns I saw in the injuries. Like you cannot count on Trufant actually even playing an entire season. So tr- put Trey Roberson, another guy in the mix of people that can possibly get an opportunity to play opposite of Jalen Johnson. 
Yeah, I mean, again, you may as well figure that one out and allow people to have this opportunity. Uh, when it comes to Trufant, I'm curious of just your thoughts about, again, he's been really good in his career. We, we can't, you know, we can't ignore the fact that earlier on in his career, he played some really good football. And that's why he was able to kind of solidify himself as one of the better corners in the league for a stretch of time. Then I know that the Falcons defense started to fall apart a bit. And then he went to Detroit. And that defense itself, as we know, it's been in shambles for the past, well, forever. Um, but over the past few seasons, they've been a real porous defense. How much do you think being in this Bears system, this scheme, with Sean Desai, and having some guys like Eddie Jackson in the past, or like Cleo Mack and, you know, Roquan Smith, having some of these better players in a more sound system, do you think that can help them? I think so. We saw it happen with Buster Screen in his first year in Chicago. Someone that was with the Jets who had those penalty issues with pass interferences. And then when he got to Chicago with a better defense, it kind of went away a bit. And then obviously the second year we saw who Buster Screen really was. But I think maybe for the initial year, being in a Sean Desai kind of defense is going to have those Vic Fangio qualities. Yeah, I think he. I think he'll have a better year here in 2021 than he did in, in Detroit last year where he was just riddled with injuries. And again, there wasn't a lot of defensive playmakers. So just being in this type of defense, and he mentioned, I think it was today he was talking with reporters, like to play alongside a Hall of Famer, he said, and Khalil Mack, like you want to have that. So he's already, that's probably one of the reasons why you want to come to a defense like this because you have capable playmakers like that. So I think it can, to a certain extent, elevate play or just maybe mitigate some of the things that they're not good at. But um, I think it's it's going to all depend on that pass rush, I think, is going to help these corners, this entire secondary. I believe our best-case scenario for Drew Font is not what you saw early on in his career. Obviously, it's not what you, what you saw last year in Detroit, but maybe if you can find some middle ground and he just kind of finds you know a little bit of that averageness between his great play and that horrendous play, and he's just solid – uh, like a Prince of Mukamara or something along those lines too. Not So that way we're not putting up to Kyle Fuller standard. I think that would be helpful. Uh, again, you're never going to replace Kyle Fuller like that. Uh, you have to find another Kyle Fuller uh, as well. And uh, so for me, uh, you know how I feel about expectations and them needing to be proper ones. Uh, that's kind of where I sit right now when it comes to Desmond Trufant. I'm not going to expect the player we saw in Detroit, but I'm not also going to expect the player that we saw in Atlanta early on in his career. All right, I want to move on to defensive lineman Angelo Blackson. He's 28 years old. Uh, for Arizona last year, he was second among the team's defensive linemen in total tackles of 24 only behind Zach Allen, and he also tallied a career high, tying uh, two and a half sacks, eight quarterback hits, and four tackles for losses. So coming off one of his better years in the NFL. And that's only had nine starts. He is, I'm looking at him as the Brent Urban replacement. Very similar productivity a year ago. Blackson having better stats by a nose, but he also played about 100 more snaps than Brent did last season. So still, though, I think, as we already said, the depth up front, it's awesome. Akeem Hicks, Blaul Nichols, Mario Edwards, and Blackson, along with Eddie Goldman. That's a solid group. So when you look at Andrew Blackson, uh, is there anything that you like? Uh, about his game that he's going to be able to provide this rotation because I think there are a couple things but I'm 99% certain you're going to hit on him he's uh he's got a nasty bull rush there Will I don't know if you caught that just in seeing what he could provide but at 6'4 320 pounds he's got some power but also some quickness as well like 
when I was watching him, and I don't want to make this a, a huge comparison, but I saw a little bit of a Keem Hicks in there in terms of the strength and quickness to kind of get off people and then get into the backfield at times. And that's not every single play. That's why Akeem Hicks is who he is because con- he's consistent with it. And Blackson, obviously not having the starts and only having six career sacks, he he's not at that level. But there are flashes that you're like, man, get this guy some reps. And I think he definitely will with this defensive rotation, especially in the first two games because um, Edwards will be suspended. You might see a little bit more of Angelo Blackson, but I like that from his game, just the bull rush, the nastiness, and he plays a three-tech. I saw him play a five-tech as well on both sides, so he's a little bit versatile in that sense. So that's what I like as well. It doesn't necessarily have to be an Akeem Hicks replacement. It could be also Bilal Nichols on the opposite side. I even saw him at the zero-tech for uh, for one of the reps I was watching. So provide some versatility for already a, a versatile defensive line. I really do like that. I love that a lot, and I think he's a great compliment to the next guy on our list, uh, Jeremiah uh, Atachu, because, well, let's just talk about it. Let's get a little bit of a background first here, all right? So Atachu, he's a former second-round pick, five sacks a year ago, nine sacks in his last two seasons, 35 total pressures in those two seasons, all in less than 200 pass rush snaps per year. So what does that mean? Well, that means he was the second most effective pass rusher for the Broncos last year behind Bradley Chubb. Uh, He was the first guy off the bench, and he got to the quarterback at a decent clip. And this is why he's a compliment, because you just talked about with Blackson. He's a strong dude that wins with power. Atachu is a guy who wins with speed. He screams off the edge, uh, just right towards quarterbacks. You'll see him collapse a pocket and a blip. When I was watching him, he's slippery. He has good hands to set blocks with that speed, and he can take a wide loop around like a double team, which if you're going, if you're opposite Khalil Mack, you're not seeing a lot of those, by the way. Or if they're running a stunt, he can get to a quarterback in a hurry, and I think that's what's most crucial to me because a few of his sacks came off of those stunts, very similar to what we saw the Bears run last year. Makes sense. This defense has strong roots in Vic Fangio. Almost said Chuck Pagano. Don't know why. It's Vic Fangio. Uh, but we talked about how much we liked those stunts last year, and Robert Quinn just was not hitting home on him. Jeremiah can. Uh, he can go and take a huge loop when you have your uh, defensive lineman eating that B-gap and you loop all the way around him, he can get to a quarterback in a snap. And he's a violent finisher too, which is fun to see him take down some quarterbacks. So he's a lot of fun. How about you, Nick? Are you as excited as I am to have him in this outside linebacking rotation? As sad as I know you probably were to see Mingo go, because I know Mingo's been kind of your guy for the past year. I think this could. I think this is an upgrade. Yeah, this is a good signing by the Bears. Watching his tape kind of solidified that. When I saw the sign, I'm like, okay. Then I started watching more of the tape. I'm like, well, this this is actually a pretty good move by the Bears, even though it hurts to see Barkevius Mingo leave. But I think what works here is that he's a natural stand-up edge rusher, so you're not forcing yep. him to play out of position. He he likes to be in that two-point stand or just just a stand-up guy coming off the edge, could do it on both sides. And I really liked how he handled when they put tight ends on his side. He shoved them out of the way like they were nothing. That's what I like seeing out of your outside linebackers. These tight ends shouldn't be stonewalling you and kind of stopping your rush. No, Jeremiah Etachu, I think I got that right, was able to win those matchups, get to the quarterback when, you know, when in the limited reps too, because he was a backup. And so I think that is encouraging. And when I was watching him in coverage, 
He doesn't look lost. He doesn't look like it's out of place when he's in a backpedal. It kind of looks a little, it looks natural for him. So he's got that speed. It translates in coverage. It translates when he rushes. So yeah, even though I will miss Barkevis Mingo, because I think he had a phenomenal season for the Bears, given what our, what our expectations were and what, how he actually played, this is a good signing by the Bears. And I know I tweeted out, like, there weren't many good ones. He's one of them. He's under the radar, and that's what I like about him. Like, even when I was doing our, say, the franchise prep, oh, no, sorry, our free agency primer prep, and I was trying to find that edge guy, because I had a hunch you're going to bring one in. He never even made my radar, but and I forgot even who I put, but I think I like this better than who I was able to find on my own. So I think this is a sneaky, really good signing. And again, he's a former second-round pick. He's on a two-year deal. He can definitely outshine Robert Quinn and take over some of those snaps if we see the same Robert Quinn than we did in 2020. And also, Atachu makes a lot more sense than me chopping up all the dashes I put in my notes for the pronunciation of the Atachu. So uh, Atachu makes <laughs> a lot of sense. I appreciate you saying it so I can hear it and I can formalize it in my own brain. But no, I, I just think he brings a very valuable skill set uh, that can really complement Khalil Mack. And again, he's not going to be asked out of the gate to be the starter. And he's only going to have, again, he's averaging about 200 pass rush snaps a year. So so he's going to be ahead of James Waters, I would assume, in that rotation. First guy off the bench, probably quickly if Robert Quinn is struggling. He's going to give you very quality reps and give you something that you can work with. And I believe his skill set with how strong the defensive line is, I think it's going to allow Sean Desai to utilize stunts a little bit more effectively and also get a little bit more of a pure pass rush off the edge. So, yeah, I'm very, very fond of this pick. Uh, the more I look into it, the more I love it. Moving on to offensive line, Elijah Wilkinson, one-year deal. He had a leg injury last year, so he only played in about nine games. He is entering his fifth year in the NFL, but still only 26. Just like Jermaine Effetti, he has good experience of both right guard and right tackle. So when I look at him, Nick, swing tackle, question mark, is kind of in my notes right now because he's an upgrade over a Jason Spriggs, but I do believe he could, right as of right now, he should, in my eyes, at least be in a camp battle with Jermaine Defetti for that right tackle spot, uh, at least as it stands. Again, maybe we draft a tackle in the first round and all of this is going to go out the window. Um, but I think he was someone that was pegged to start at right tackle last year for Denver. Uh, then he had his injury. And then Jermaine Defetti, I think they're both in the same league. Like they're both in that same tier of offensive linemen. Uh, but I know he's someone that the Broncos were very high on last year. It's the reason why they put a second round tender on him as a restricted free agent. But unfortunately, uh, the injury kind of took his toll. And then a fun fact about him, and I'll let you go into it. I don't know if you saw, but he actually had one of the largest performance-based bonuses after the 2019 season, uh, which was when his last healthy year. So someone that had hit all of his incentives got a pretty decent bonus, one of the better ones in the league for that season. Um, so yeah, I think this guy has a lot of upside. He's young, got to stay healthy. Uh, and also his experience to me is, is intriguing because uh, he can be versatile. He can play both guard and tackle. And that kind of, like the Bears defensive line, we're getting guys here that can play multiple positions up front for the Bears offensive line, which I think can only help. Yeah, and I was doing some research on him. He was actually initially supposed to play left tackle, but it was Jawan James who opted out of the season that kind of forced Elijah Wilkinson to then move over to the right tackle position. So again, hitting on that versatility and 503 snaps at that right tackle position, only two sacks allowed and one penalty. 
So you'll definitely take that in regards to what he was able to do at that position, battling some injuries and thinking that he was going to get the left tackle spot, an opt-out happens. He has to go to the other side, compete there, wins it, and has a pretty decent season. The one thing that I saw, though, on film, what could... Again, he might not be even the guy that starts, but spin moves. Guys that were doing spin moves on him were able to disengage from Elijah Wilkinson and then kind of redirect their pass rush to the quarterback. Again, it's just having the right hand placement and just being leverage rise ready for those moves and it could be at any moment any time so yeah i think this is a guy that if the bears i don't know how they don't address tackle position in the draft they have to you would think smart organizations would (laughs) but uh, we'll see what the bears end up doing but elijah wilkinson jermaine fetty i i agree with you probably on that same tier can you can you play with play with a type of guy like that yes would you like someone better of course but I think you can manage it. I think you can, you can, you know, obviously there are better options, but you can manage it if those two guys are the only ones. I doubt that'll be the, the case, but yeah, I do foresee both these guys kind of battling and for that right tackle position, but we'll see what the bears do in the draft. It's not like we have the money to go out there and sign the top free agent offensive lineman, and they cost a pretty penny. Uh, so, yeah, definitely wasn't in the works. Didn't expect it. And I think given the restrictions, he's an interesting signing that he can at least go in here and compete. And I think that's really all we can ask for uh, right now, besides the draft when it comes to this position. I did forget one defender. Uh, that is linebacker Christian Jones. I apologize, Christian. Welcome back to Chicago after a couple of years in Detroit. Uh, in Detroit, you notice that he played pretty much every single linebacking position for the Lions. Never really found a true fit. But just like with Trufant, I'll say it. It was the Lions defense. Like, nobody has a fit there. They, I don't even know what was going on up there for the past few years. So, in Chicago, Christian Jones is going to be getting back into the inside linebacking core. Most likely as a top reserve coming off the bench. And he's back in the system where he posted uh, career highs across the board in 2017. So, I don't think we need to discuss Christian Jones too much. Uh, We know what kind of player he is. We've seen him really develop in Chicago from an undrafted guy to a starter. We did some upgrades. Roquan Smith, I think, is definitely considered an upgrade. But now you bring him back. And I found it funny that we were both putting, you know, banging the table in the free agency primer to bring back a linebacker, KPL. He signed pretty quickly in free agency, actually. And then here we are with Christian Jones. So familiarity at the position apparently was on the mind of the Bears, too. Yeah, it it should have been, and I'm, you know, this is an upgrade over what they kind of have at that position right now. Over Josh Woods, Manti Tail, Christian Jones, who, like you said, has had starting experience, multiple spots, but you can, I think, you can trust a guy like that, given that it's obviously a completely different defense than where he was at in Chicago the first time to where it's at now, but. You could trust a guy like this who has veteran experience on this one-year deal. So I like the move, but yeah, along the same lines of what we were thinking, we wanted a guy that had familiarity, like you said, in KPL. We just got Christian Jones instead. I'll take it, but obviously we were both KPL kind of guys. We were. I think what you miss from KPL that Christian Jones doesn't have is the same coverage ability. Uh, Even though I think Christian Jones played better in coverage than I anticipated when I went back to see what he was able to do in his time in Detroit. Uh, it still wasn't like Roquan Smith level, but maybe a little bit better than Danny Trevathan was last season, which uh, maybe that's a very low bar to beat, but it's one that I at least want to express right now. Switching back to offense, though. I got to talk about a signing that 
I'm already infatuated with. It didn't take long. It took just a matter of moments and a little bit of research and a little bit of film watching and heck, just the name excited me. Running back Damian Williams. He can, he's coming in on a one year deal. I have some notes here, background and everything, but Nick, can we just rejoice for just a moment that the Bears brought in a true, pure running back that's not Ryan Nall? Unfortunately, not Cordero Patterson because he's not a true one anyway, but we have a true third running back on this roster that has NFL experience, postseason experience, and he's someone with a versatile skill set that can really complement the two other backs in Montgomery and Cohen on this roster. Before we get into any other details and things of that nature, can we just rejoice for a moment of just how great this feels to even just say on the podcast at this stage? Yeah, it's about time. Like mm-hmm. we've been asking for this for too long. So, like you will, when I saw it, I'm like, "That's a smart move. That's a good." The Bears maybe are turning the corner here with some of these moves that they're making. Oh. Maybe that's a little too soon, but that was a good one with Damian Williams. Even though it's only a one year contract, we'll see what he can do there. And obviously, opting out last season, you know, he's fresh. He's it's look. We always say it's a similar kind of system with what Matt Nagy. We don't know what Matt Nagy Belays are really doing here, but. I think he'll be able to fit in. I don't think so. Uh, I think they'll fit in seamlessly, though, with Damian Williams. Just this running back group. This, I said the defensive line was one of the strongest groups. Well, the running back group is in there now. And I think this addition is is why. Because now you have that true running back. But you have a lot of notes there, Will. I'm going to pass it over to you to kind of just you know share with everybody. All right. So you talked about it, number one. He opted out last year due to COVID. Do you know exactly why he did that? I used to, but refresh my memory. He opted out because his mom, uh, she's been battling uh, cancer. I think she has stage four cancer, and he didn't want to expose her. I think it's a very admirable reason uh, to sit out for you know a season. Uh, so obviously, family is important to him. So you talked about him; he's fresh. I hope that's the case. I hope it's a rest versus rust, and it's more rest uh, when it comes to him. And actually, when you say that. It's interesting, you know, we're excited about this group. We have a guy that didn't play for a whole year. We have a guy coming off an ACL injury who didn't play for the majority of last season, but we're still pretty stoked. But I think the talent here speaks for itself. When we look at Williams, a little bit of a background. Two years with offensive coordinator Bill Lazor in Miami, where he started his career as an undrafted free agent. Mostly a spell back throughout his career. Only 13 starts, but he has played in 85 games, over 1,200 yards rushing, 1,100 yards receiving, and 22 total touchdowns. You probably remember him from being a big-time player in the Kansas City in the playoffs. Over 450 scrimmage yards, five touchdowns, and five career playoff games. Uh, in fact, he's the first running back in Super Bowl history to run for more than 100 yards while scoring, rushing, and receiving touchdowns. He had two touchdowns in the fourth quarter in the Super Bowl a couple years ago. Now, let's talk about him on a player. What kind of running back is he? Well, I think he's a very well-rounded back. He's quick. He can fight through contact. Strong vision, uh, which is a big asset when you watch him in the screen game, which is something the Bears have really struggled with over the past few years. He can run guys over. He knows how to run routes out of the backfield. He's fluid. Nick, he gives that backfield that extra wrinkle, that dimension that we've been just clamoring for, like you said, for too damn long. Now, he's not a pure power back, but he's a hard runner in his own right. The Bears now have three capable backs with unique skill sets on this roster. And again, he's been a part of that committee approach in his career. Last year, all the talk at this time, He's your number one back in Kansas City. It's before the draft. It's before they drafted their running back there early on the first round. And after he sat out a year and he came back, 
this offseason, he expected to go back to Kansas City. He had no thought that he was going to be a cap casualty, but with the restricted cap this year, they had to let him go. And I think this is such a blessing for the Bears to be able to pick him up. And I do believe him being in Kansas City, even though he didn't overlap with Matt Nagy, is going to help because we know there are some similarities in the scheme. But also that experience, that firsthand experience with Bill Lazor, who's probably getting a little bit more uh, authority uh, to when it comes to how this offense is going to look in 2021. I think that's a great blend of his shared experience that he can bring that to the table as well. So I'm excited, if you can't tell. But how about you? When it comes to Damian Williams, where's your headspace for right now other than, hell yeah, we finally got one? It, it was exactly that, Will. But no, I think why this is such a good addition is because of that last part you just mentioned, Will, where it's kind of transitioning now from Matt Nagy's offense. And obviously it did week, what was it, week 12 when they played the Minnesota Vikings, I believe, where then it's Bill Lazor's offense where you saw more of the running game being the the focal point of the offense, running game, play action. So now with that being hopefully the direction the Bears want to go into for 2021, you have the backs to kind of do it now. So now you don't have to rely on Andy Dalton to be that guy because you didn't upgrade significantly at the quarterback position. If anything, you're the same or maybe even worse. So now you need to go through your running backs, which are a strength of your, your team. And hopefully with this being Bill Lazor's offense, the Bears will just be more, I think, prone to doing so. We've seen Matt Nagy so many times when he was with Kansas City's first, obviously, his years with the Bears where – the running game, he'll abandon. He won't stick to it. But now that it's under a new direction, the offense with Bill Lazor, I think the Bears, well, they, at least they should, should be more focused on wanting to go that route. Run your offense through your running backs and then have your hopefully game manager type quarterback do the other things. So that's what excites me that this addition can help the Bears do that. You don't have to rely, because we all saw what a Cordero Patterson led rushing attack can do not much they had the least amount of yards ever in a game versus minnesota on that monday night when david montgomery was injured so you avoid that possibility because damian williams that's a three down back he could mm -hmm. if david montgomery has to sit out for a series damian williams could easily be the three down back for that series and obviously you supplement three cohen as well so it's an exciting move it's a small move but i think it'll play a big factor in this 2021 season in terms of what the bears should do. Not maybe they won't do it where they rely on their rushing attack, but they should. And they have the, the guys that kind of do it now. Damien Williams, he's going to have more rushing guards than Tariq Cohen this year. Done settled, decided. Like I believe that wholeheartedly he's going to be a big part of this offense. Like when you watch him in Kansas city and again, Really good blocking up front. So that's always helpful. But his north to south speed, like if they're running a zone and he sees that hole open up and he plants his foot and heads up field, it's just three or four steps. And he's already 10, 12 yards down the field. Guys are chasing him. He's quick. I love that. And his vision, like I said earlier, like in the screen game, he can follow his blockers. He has patience. But then when he sees that crease, he hits the jets and he's able to make some plays, make some guys miss, run over DBs. It's exciting, and I think it's going to allow Cohen to not have to be forced into that second running back role. They can find other ways to use him as that gadget player. Maybe he goes back to what we saw a lot in 2017, maybe some 2018 when he's playing more receiver than he was running back. I think all of this are reasons to get excited about 
some new elements of this offense. I know the next guy on our list may tamper those expectations a bit, but I don't know. I feel like you couldn't have found a... Finally, a bed that senses snoring and automatically responds. Meet the Ergo Smart Base from Tempur-Pedic, our first system that detects snoring, then automatically adjusts by raising the bed. Get your best sleep all night, every night. For a limited time, save up to $500 on select adjustable mattress sets and experience the deep, undisturbed sleep of Tempur-Pedic. Get full offer details at TempurPedic.com. A more, uh, almost a better fit at running back right now from a guy who's been healthy. He's been durable. And I think that skill set really meshes well with what the Bears are trying to accomplish, uh, especially how it complements a David Montgomery. A good change of pace. He's a little quicker. Um, but they kind of make people miss in different ways. And as you know, keeping defenders on their toes and having them adapt to different backs, it's only becoming more important. And I forgot the exact stat, but when we were doing our Save the Franchise offense, I was I think one of our lessons from Super Bowl teams was like about this committee approach with running backs and how better teams in the NFL now are using running backs. I think it was about something along those lines, but I do recall having a pretty strong argument for having another real running back on this roster. So whatever that argument was, uh, I wish I can say roll the tape and I had it, um, but I should have found that sound bite. Roll the tape. No, I'm kidding. All right. Anything else on Williams before we wrap up with our last player? The only thing he should have been the Super Bowl MVP when they played the 49ers and he wasn't, but that's the only thing I got. Fair enough. I like that. All right, last, I'm not going to say and not least, but I'm not going to be that petty today, but we have quarterback Andy Dalton, a.k.a. QB1. Yes, he he is uh, QB1. I don't know why the Bears had to, they just kind of did that. They had, I think, a (laughs) video on their, their uh, not their Twitch, their, wow, I feel old tiktok wow. you are old I, I don't have it i don't have a tiktok but um they had a good video of like what they did for him and they should have put that out there instead of the qb1 post because the bears social media got shredded for it but yes he is qb1 will and i you know mentioned earlier like did the bears is he better than mitch trubisky maybe a little bit a little bit right but the whole move and giving him 10 million to to be there with nick Foles. It's just too much money, Will. It really is. But I do – here's what I'll say. The Bears need to bring in somebody because you couldn't rely on Nick Foles to stay healthy. And if you were getting rid of Mitch, once Nick Foles goes down, what? You're going with Tyler Bray, who actually hasn't been brought back yet. But um, you had to bring in somebody. There weren't many options left, and I guess Andy Dolan was the best one out of those. It's just the money is the, the, the big thing with it. Yeah, that's You can't get like that $10 million and how much better did you get at the quarterback position? Like, honestly, I, I just don't really think he, he moved the meter at, at all. And that's that's the problem with this whole entire situation. And that's where it kind of dampers things down. When you see the bigger moves, the bigger, quote-unquote, bigger moves the Bears made in free agency, they didn't hit. The smaller ones, like, we're kind of glowing when we're talking about them and the upside that these guys can have. But when you talk about a move like that, the most important one, I don't think it did much to – put this team in a better position than it was at the end of last season. No disagreement. I like how you said it doesn't do much because I, in my notes, I put doesn't move the needle and I think you use a slightly different, you know, uh, metaphor it's for similar, it. But yeah. Yeah. Very similar. Uh, but yeah, it doesn't do much. It's like, if you're walking upstairs, 
maybe you took a half step up and you're still like waiting to put your foot back down this the step above that's maybe where you're at i know we kind of did a whole reaction episode of the andy dalton uh signing last week which apparently the uh, podcast seeds in a grab for like two days which kind of upset me uh, it's like wow <laughs> sounds like old news guys and i'm like we talked about it the same night but yeah uh apple can be uh, tricky sometimes and again andy dalton great guy it's just not the quarterback that you really want uh, at this age, and when you get names thrown at you like a Watson or a Russell Wilson, it just doesn't feel right when you're like, oh, no, just Andy Dalton, who we could have had last year, and the $10 million, and yeah, it's all uh, still flat. Um, but I do have a fun fact for you, because I like to find little fun facts. Did you know that his 13 touchdown to 5 interception ratio in weeks 11 to 17 last year tied with Patrick Mahomes? That's all I got out of that. <laughs> but uh, I think what you talked about with the last player, uh, uh, last player, Williams, if Bill Lazor gets his way, which again, Andy Dalton has Bill Lazor experience, maybe this is a, a guy that you can win games with. And again, maybe he's not going to be the guy you put on the shoulders for, but he'll run the scheme. He'd run the system. You go, if you can go run first, utilize play action, Get the ball to your playmakers, which I think the Bears have a decent amount of. I still think we're missing a piece or two, which we'll get to in a little bit here. Again, fringe content. They'll be in games, and that's probably the most exciting yet equally demoralizing kind of spot to be in because it's just that middle ground average world that we're kind of accustomed to being in uh, right now with Andy Dalton. So I don't think there's anything more we want to, or at least I, I don't want to say any more about Andy Dalton right now. You can correct me if you have a, a narrative that you have prepared for this episode, but I think that's about it. Again, we had a whole episode about it. My opinion really hasn't changed all too much. No, I'm right there with you, Will. We have to wait and see what their actual offensive philosophy is going to be with Bill Lazor and Andy Dalton. And once that happens, then we'll have more for you. But yeah, still not quite. The move doesn't doesn't fit with a lot of Bears fans as as it should. Okay, let's get into just uh, some big picture questions. We don't have to get super in depth with all these, but I thought it'd be an interesting way to kind of enter our last segment of the show. So, what's your what's the Bears' best and what's your favorite signing to date? Those could be the same player. Those could be different players, um, but the best signing and your favorite signing so far. I think we, we just talked about Damian Williams and how, how mm-hmm. great of a fit that is for the Bears. But I'll actually go with Angelo Blackson being a guy that I think is going to do some good things for this Bears defensive line. I really I really just like how he plays, Will. And I think given the opportunity, especially those first two weeks, we're going to see, I think, more opportunities for him. And I think him grow a role in this Bears defense. I know he hasn't put up a lot of numbers or doesn't have the six sacks in in his, what, seven? He's going into his seventh season, so there's not a lot there. But as a rotational depth piece, what the Bears signed him to be, I think he can definitely fulfill that role and kind of surprise some people. So I really did like that one, and obviously the Damian Williams signing. I mean, Damian Williams, 110% each and every time. The best signing, my favorite signing, I would say... uh, uh, Atachu. There we go. I almost said Atachu again. Uh, Atachu. It could be, you can do this seamlessly well. We have a long off season to get that name right. I think he's up there as well in terms of, if I had to choose an underrated signing, which I didn't have in my notes, but if you want to have one as well, I, I think that would be my guy. Underrated? Um, I'll just go with DeAndre Houston Carson being bringing him back. 
Hell yeah. My underrated (laughs) signing. Yeah. I I think, again, I wasn't, I've always pegged him not to make the team, but from his play last year, I think he definitely deserves it. All right. This one's a really fun question. Uh, Which player, not that they re-signed out of the free agency class, who will be here the longest? Oh, oh man. That's a tough one. That is a tough one because I don't think it's going to be Damian Williams because of running backs and how they kind of go with their contracts and their stay. So, again, I'm going to go with my guy, Angelo Blackson. I think he has an opportunity to kind of fill that uh, Roy Robinson-Harris kind of role, that Brent Urban role where you just find ways to bring him back, whether it's a season or two. So I think that's a guy that, again, you can – you could find a way to bring back, even if it's just other one-year deals, two-year deals. But I think the guy that you're going to go with is, yeah, the, yeah you, you go ahead. I, I, I'm only saying it for the practice of the name at this point, but it's going to be a Tachu. <laughs> and honestly, we got to do like a Pikachu, a Tachu. Uh, if you like well, Naruto, a Tachi. I mean, you can do like a lot of different things here. But yeah, uh, I, I believe, again, there's a strong chance if he performs the same degree that he did in Denver, and they keep, if they just give him a little bit more of the piece of the pie, right? Like you get six weeks in, Robert Quinn's still not really, you know, floating the boat. He's still sinking over there and you keep throwing him a, rif- a life raft and he can't reach it and he's too slow and he can't get up to go get it. So you just give him a little bit more of the pie. And if he can perform well, eventually I think he can claw that starting role away. And maybe he's not the long-term answer at that position, but I think he's serviceable. I think he's he's better than James Waters. He's better than Mingo. Light years ahead of Kylie Fitz was. Uh, Isaiah Irving. He's on a two-year deal. If he hits a home run this year or next year and can be that top guy off the bench or maybe get in that fringe starting contention, I can easily, he's young enough, you can give him another two- to three-year deal right on top of that. And the cap situation would be much more friendly at that point. So I think he has a really strong chance of being here for a while. And he's just again, I don't know how much you saw of him, but if you watch the passion and the energy that he plays with, like when he gets a sack and he finishes and he closes in a hurry and he takes down those quarterbacks with some passion and he gets up and he's, you know, dancing and doing his stuff. It's fun to watch. Like uh, he's going to fit in really well in your Chicago. Very excited. All right. So out of these moves and I'm going to throw any variety. So any player they've re-signed, any player that they've let go and any player they brought in, which move do you disagree with the most? And I feel like that's a super easy question if you look at Kyle Fuller or Andy Dalton. <laughs> but if you had to choose one or if there's another one out there. Hmm. Disagree with the most. I'm going to see if I can pick one that's not quite those two they just mentioned. Nope, it's going to be it's going to be Andy Dalton. It's going to be him being it's it's really the contract for me that is not when you're stuck on cap and you had to get rid of Kyle Fuller because of a cap casualty. And then you give $10 million to an Andy Dalton and you're giving money away to a backup quarterback and Nick Foles. It's like, what are we doing here in terms of cap and distributing it and not giving it to players that necessarily deserve that? When, when you have Kyle Fuller, that's now gone because he couldn't get that money that he deserved. Maybe not the 20, maybe the 20 million was a little much, but giving 10 million to a one-year deal to Andy Dalton who's not even Garrett, obviously we'll see what ends up happening this season. I just don't agree with that move, how the Bears handled it. It was a last minute. They didn't know what to do. We have to sign Andy Dalton, I think, is kind of how it played out. And that's why he got the contract that he did. Andy Dalton's not going to say no. Good for him. Get that $10 million. Take it from the Bears. But it was definitely a move that I do not agree with how the Bears kind of handled it. 
I can't disagree with you there. I think that one still, to me, is the one I disagree with the most over a Kyle Fuller because if Fuller is part of your talks to Seattle and you thought he was a pivotal part of that package and you had to hold on to him, I can see why you did it. Uh, and then, uh, unfortunately, we knew the writing was on a wall. One of these veterans had to go. I, again, I still believe there's other options they could have taken, but still, the Andy Dalton one. And again, these two are kind of tied together, really, uh, at the end of the day. Um, but yeah, that one's still the stinger. Uh, biggest surprise so far. My biggest surprise is the return of Christian Jones. Didn't expect him to come back. Uh, again, we were on the KPL train, um, but even looking around the league, I'm surprised they brought him back. Uh, he's serviceable. He's good. And I'm again, I just didn't expect his name to ever across my you know my radar again. So to me, that's just a surprise in its own right. But how about you? Do you have a uh, a biggest surprise? I have another one, but I want to see where you go with it. I've been talking about this guy the entire time. I think Angel Blackson was a surprise given the strength that that defensive or defensive line had already. When you sign another guy, it's like, man, okay, we're, we're bringing in more guys, but I like the move. It's just, I didn't, I just didn't think that the bears would keep on adding there, but they know that they can get some good depth at that position. They've done it in years past. They got to see with their new defensive line coach, if they can get the most out of them. But when I saw the move, it's like, another defensive lineman don't shouldn't we be addressing the offense at some point and of course they they they've done a little bit of that but yeah it was surprising but again like like i've stated clearly in this podcast i'm a fan of the the signing my second surprise why the heck have they not brought in a center yet anyone <laughs> like well, what's going on here like you're bringing in guys around the, on the edges and i get it that's indeed but i also felt like sam mustafer you need to bring in a veteran to compete with them at least that was my thought a few weeks ago. Still my thought, but I'm surprised. What's up? I got one more for you. We didn't mention this guy's name, but I was surprised that Sean Gibson didn't come back on like a yet. one-year deal or, or well, yet. So I think that's something that obviously Deion Bush is back, but to Sean Gibson, who we were kind of pegging to be back as maybe the mm-hmm. starter alongside A. Jackson, that's something that was a little surprising seeing once the first kind of couple of days free agency went and passed, like, Sean Gibson's still looking for a team. Thought he'd be back with the Bears by now. That's a good one. Deion Bush, I know you're the president of the fan club. He can't be your starter. You've given him so many chances to win that job, and it's just not going to happen. He's a really good backup. Just not the guy you want to go out there and say, all right, the job's yours. So, yeah, Gibson is another good one. Uh, why hasn't he been resigned? And maybe he's asking for a lot of money that the Bears just don't have, although he knows pretty intimately the restraints that we're working with here. So hopefully the bears can find a way to bring him back. And I didn't expect him to ask for a lot more than what he was able to get last year for us. So we'll see, but that's another really good one too, because that's another uh, missing piece right now for the bears. Uh, Outside of that, Nick, do you have any big takeaways or just lessons in terms of just the overall direction of this football team here in 2021 so far after a week and a half of free agency or a week and a day? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, whatever whatever the, the count is. Um, I think, and this may sound a little harsh, but how the Bears addressed free agency is exactly reflective of the records of past two seasons. They didn't get much better. They kind of stayed the same, and they are a 8-8 eight and eight football team. And with these moves, they're still probably maybe an 8-8 eight and eight or maybe have even regressed a little bit. Even though... How personalized can a financial plan be when it's created by one of those robo-advisors? Plugging in standard algorithm to calculate insurance need and future wealth of random human client. Robots don't know you. We do. 
At Farm Bureau Financial Services, getting to know you always comes first. Together, we'll create a financial plan based on your specific goals. Find a local Farm Bureau advisor at fbfs.com slash protect. It's your future. Let's protect it. Look, we, there are some good moves within the smaller backup roles, but the, the big one, quarterback, nothing happened there. Losing Kyle Fuller. Desmond Trufant is not going to play at that level. We kind of said we said that in that pot. You should not expect that in terms of this 2021 season from Trufant being that opposite corner. And we'll see with competition. But yeah, the moves are just reflective of how they they've actually played and what the the season results have been. Eight and eight. They didn't make moves to significantly make them better. They didn't make they made a couple moves that made them a little worse. But in the end, does it kind of even out? Probably, and they're probably in the same spot. Some, Like I said, some position, like Damian Williams is a great move, but then it kind of just averages out to be eight and eight. I don't know how that kind of, if it's that like makes a wash. sense, but it, does. it is a wash. It does, it, It's a wash for me, and it's maybe a little disappointing because we know how important 2021 is, and they had limited cap to kind of do things, but when you have Russell Wilson, Deshaun Watson, those names floating around, you end up Andy Dalton in the, this, this group. You're a little disappointed. It's a wash. It's eight and eight. Very, very identical to um, the lessons I'm taking away uh, from this. I think I talked about it a little bit on the top of the show, but it feels like Ryan Pace with these moves, both the free agents acquisition so far, as well as the players we've re-signed, he's doing his best effort to make sure that the bottom doesn't drop out. Like he wants to keep that floor at least where it was. Maybe you get up just a little bit more. It's hard to do that when you let go of Kyle Fuller. If they also would have found a trade partner for Akeem Hicks, then we're talking like a whole different world in a scenario right there. But Hicks is here. He's a bear, at least for now. Uh, So taking that into consideration, it just looks like to me, we didn't have the money to go get the biggest free agents out there. Unfortunately, you couldn't find anyone to tango with you in terms of trading for a franchise quarterback yet. So he's doing everything he can to make sure that things they don't have to go off a cliff. They at least stay where they're at now in hopes of finding in some other avenue, whether it be the draft, uh, whether it be a trade, to get that guy to can take the current group and take them to that next level. So just like you, it's a wash. It's pretty much even. It, it just feels like a team that's had a few swing and a misses. Uh, you know what I mean? Like throughout this whole offseason, we haven't even mentioned like Kenny Gallaty yet. Like that whole uh, pursuit uh, that also didn't work out in the Bears' favor here. That would have been a really awesome trio at wide receiver: Mooney, Galladay, and Robinson. Uh, unfortunately, Josh Reynolds, my guy that I wanted him to go, he just signed with the Titans, uh, so that can't be a, an option for us too. But still. Uh, again, just like you, it's a, the lesson is we're average and we're going to try to keep ourselves in that average where I don't think they're tanking looking at these moves. They're not trying to tank. They're trying to still be in these games, but they have to find the guy to take them over the top. All right. So Nick, putting all of this together, re-sign players, players release, new players, our lessons. How would you grade Ryan Pace's job so far? And I know it's incomplete. There are more players to be signed, maybe some players to be let go. But as it stands today, and again, we're recording this on March 25th, what grade would you give it? I feel like, and I don't want to put words in your mouth or letters in your mouth, but what you said and I said, we're both going to come at this with a C. I was going to go C minus. I'm at a C, so there you go. 
the reason why I think what even though there were some upgrades, like he just plugged the holes that were left off this roster with linebacker, with um, I think also defensive line losing Brent Urban. So you, you're plugging mm-hmm. in other guys to just fill those holes. Well, and maybe isn't that what he does? Upgrades. Right, that's Ryan Pace. Yeah. He'll fill the holes so that way when he gets to the draft, hey, I'll say it, everything's on the table by the time we get to the draft here in May. Is it yeah, amazing? Late I, late April? I forget. That's 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 what he does, and that's kind of how this free agency period went for him. So C minus for me. I think I probably people in the chat are gonna be a little bit more harsh, but yeah, there we go. The first D, and I, I was kind of leaning towards that way, but C minus is what I'll, I'll what I'll give him. Um, I think. Look, if uh, I don't know what they could have done at quarterback, I really don't. There are obviously guys they maybe could have pursued like a Marcus Mariota if you really wanted to, or things like that, but. Yes, yeah, C minus, and it probably could be worse than that. But you're in the C range. It's, it is what it is. They didn't have a lot to work with in terms of money cap, and then it's a it's a really a outlandish dream, I think, to get like a Russell Wilson. Even though there was interest, it's just you can't bank on that. That's kind of where it's, I stand right now. It's what what are they going to do? Like they didn't have all the money. I mean. If you want to grade previous off-seasons and some of the contracts that got us here, then you can start talking about an F. But given yeah. what we had to work with, no money. I don't even know how we're affording a draft class still, by the way. So that's what I'm watching out for. <laughs> <laughs> I, I feel like C makes sense because you, I think, again, at least we're not getting the bottom. The ceiling is, or the floor is about the same. Ceiling maybe a little less now without Kyle Fuller as it stands today. And you're just staying pretty much mute at quarterback. So uh, running back though, and defensive line, and I think pass rush in general, and just the depth feels good as it stands. So for me, and again, that's not going to move the needle. And that's why it sits at a C. All right. So I want to know last thing before we wrap up for the day, what's missing. What's next franchise quarterback. That's missing. I don't think that's next, but it's missing Uh, another wide receiver. Again, the Galladay pursuit, I think, should ring pretty loudly in all of our ears as something that the Bears are looking to accomplish. A starting safety, as we already mentioned. Gibson needs to come back. Nickel corner is still another big question mark right now for the Bears. And I talked about it earlier, too. Center. I think those are my top five what's going to happen here uh, kind of things that I'll be keeping my eyes on here as we kind of progress through the offseason. Uh, but how about you? Do you have anything other or are those about the five that are on your mind? Yeah, those are got to be the positions that the Bears are looking at. Um, I know you mentioned receiver, like a slot receiver. And I wonder if Tariq Cohen, like you mentioned the podcast, Will, where Tariq Cohen plays more of that role because they were already looking to shop Anthony Miller at some point. Didn't obviously find anybody uh, to trade with him. Seems like the seems like the commonality with the Bears is obviously no one wants to trade with them. But it, I think that is a position, obviously, right tackle, even though they got um, somebody, uh, just an upgrade there as well. But, yeah, the positions you highlighted are probably the ones the Bears are going to, maybe not so much free agency, but in the draft they're going to definitely look to address because they have to. They're big positions that need to be filled. That nickel cornerback one, obviously quarterback, but it's they're big-time positions, and the draft is going to be crucial for – Ryan Pace to really put his mantra out there. Everything's on the table. And it really, really is for this year's draft. Anything else that you want to mention, discuss, debate, deliberate on this show before we close out? I think that that recaps free agency. It wasn't, there was signings. There wasn't any 
big news, and that's why we're both at C's, C minuses, and now it's it's really draft time, and so that's always a fun fun experience for us, just kind of going through it. everything's on the table, Will, so we'll be everywhere in terms of mock drafts and where we have people going, what round, things like that. So it's a, it'll be a fun time, hard work, but looking forward to it. I have some ideas for that. Uh, I'll talk to you offline. That way we don't spoil some things for our listeners. But uh, I have some interesting ideas to maybe change it a little bit compared to years past. Uh, so we'll talk about that. And then uh, for you listening at home, be excited. Uh, but I'm going to call that an episode. That'll do it, Bears fans. I want to thank you all for tuning in to this episode. Make sure to rate, review, or show on Apple Podcasts. Help us reach 700 before training camp, and we will send one lucky listener a free Bears jersey of their choice. I think we're like 60... I'll say 67, 68 away uh, from that mark. So please help us out. If you haven't reviewed yet, you do matter. You do count. We love hearing your reviews, and it means a lot to us when those do come in. But we'll be back soon. But until, but until then, bear down, Chicago. How personalized can a financial plan be when it's created by one of those robo-advisors? Plugging in standard algorithm to calculate insurance need and future wealth of random human client. Robots don't know you. We do. At Farm Bureau Financial Services, getting to know you always comes first. Together, we'll create a financial plan based on your specific goals. Find a local Farm Bureau advisor at fbfs.com protect. It's your future. Let's protect it.